of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Yes, it's Friday. Bill O'Reilly up next. And in 30 minutes, Michael Malice talking to us about the Canadian truckers being called uh, anarchists and the fascists that are responding. Which side is right? He'll weigh in on that. But first, we get the biggest stories of the week and perspective from Bill O'Reilly in 60 seconds. Some of the most important decision-making you ever do surrounds the subject of your sleep quality. It does. How much sleep are you getting? Uh, You know, there's something to this eight-hour sleep thing. Uh, Just, you know, maybe it's just me. You have a hard time functioning when you get one bad night of sleep after another after another. This is why I have my pillow. This is why uh, I have the sheets from uh, MyPillow.com. Mike Lindell, I don't know how he makes the pillows, but honest to God, I sleep on them every night. I fluff them up once, and I don't know how they work, but I don't have to fluff them up all night. I don't have, I'm not constantly waking up, tossing and turning and refluffing my pillow. And their Giza Dream Sheets are, I mean, they're just the softest sheets I've ever slept on. Really, I mean that. And now you can get them for $39.99. 60% off their Giza Dream Sheets, lowest price ever, 60-day money-back guarantee on everything. Go to MyPillow.com, hit the radio listener specials, and put in my name back, and uh, you'll get all the specials. You'll see the flash sale going on with the Giza Dream Sheets and a copy of Mike Lindell's new book, Free, with your purchase. It's 800-966-3117 or MyPillow.com, promo code BACK. Mr. Bill O'Reilly, how are you, sir? I'm the same, Beck. You know how that is. <laughs> I'm going to stop asking you that question because that is yeah. your answer every time. I'm the same, which is kind of sad. Kind of sad. Um, yeah, I don't evolve. I'm not an evolving kind of guy like you are. Right. Yeah. right. I know. I know. I know. Um, well, how do you fix perfect? So, Bill, uh, let's, uh, let's start with the biggest story of, in, of the week, in your opinion. What do you think it is? to buy an interview with my pal lester holt really um yeah because it gives you an insight into why the country's in chaos now and it is and and so it's a 22 minute interview as you pointed out in your introduction earlier i i did three super bowl interviews Mm -hmm. Uh, mine were 17 minutes Mm -hmm. uh two with uh, president obama one with president trump um and they are difficult interviews to do because uh, I had to do two of them live uh, right before the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday. And that was a tough one because, you know, Obama, he can filibuster. Yep. He, can, he can give you 20 minutes on your socks. Yeah. So, um, so can Donald Trump. It, you know, and he can, yeah, Trump is yeah. a wanderer kind of guy. People don't uh, know how hard it is to interview these guys because you have a very limited time. And you've got so many things you want to ask, and it's easy yeah, for right. them to make you look rude by you interrupting. Uh, and Lester, from what I've seen, they released eight minutes out of the 22, and you got to figure that's the tough stuff. Uh, Lester did his job, all right? Unlike some of the other people in the past who uh, would not challenge, Lester did. 
So there were two things that struck out in the eight minutes that NBC released. The first is the delusional world that Joe Biden lives in. And, and again, this is important. This is not just cheap shotting a president for ideological reasons. If the leader of the free world lives in a delusional world, that's going to come back to hurt everybody. Mm-hmm. So he says basically that, no, 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 no. Even though the Pentagon told us, the Biden administration, that it, this wasn't the right way to get out of Afghanistan, I reject their report. So you go, oh, you know, you're not a military expert. Neither is anybody surrounding you in the White House. No one. Yet there's voluminous evidence that you were told just pulling everybody out in the middle of the night and abandoning a Bagram Air Base would lead to disaster, which it did. And you reject that? That's delusional. Well, it, but it's but it's more than that, isn't it, Bill? I mean, it's not just delusional. The fact that he never took responsibility for it or or has paid any price for it is even a bigger well, he problem. Paid, he's paid a price, and, and I, that's why the the stat you just cited: fifty six percent of Americans don't agree with anything he's ever done because Afghanistan destroyed his credibility among independents. Mm. And so he did pay a price in the court of public opinion. Now, the second uh, interesting part was the inflation. So clearly Biden, in the beginning of the inflationary spiral up, clearly said, ah, temporary, don't worry about it. Uh, don't worry about it. So now we're, you know, zeroing in on eight, nine months of higher prices for everything you need. And so Holt goes, yeah, were you wrong? Did you underestimate that? Oh, no, 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 no. You're a wise guy for asking that question. Now, if it were me doing that interview, I would have said, no, I'm not. I'm not a wise guy. I'm doing my job. Inflation is hurting every single working class American. And you're sitting there with a wrong prediction. Did you boot it or not? That's not a wise guy question. That's what I would have done, which is why NBC News would never hire me. But it's <laughs> but it's also, uh, you know, his explanation. He's like, let's look at what caused uh, inflation. Uh, you know, uh, we couldn't get chips for the cars. And that's ah. what's making cars. Well, what's making my bread and my eggs and my gasoline go up? Right. But and, and then he says something even more absurd. That if you pass my bill back better, $2 trillion in federal spending bill, inflation will go down. I don't think there's an economist in the world that believes that. And then it goes back to my initial very perceptive analysis. Beck, he lives in a delusionary world. Okay, so let's just say that's true. Where, what world do the people around him live in? I mean, where is, you know, we heard the press. I hope, God, there's somebody in the White House that's going to stop Donald Trump from blowing up the whole world. Where are the calls for anybody? I mean, you can't be this wrong and love the country uh, and have people around you that love the country and not say to you, Mr. President, um, you know, if you don't change, I, I've got to say something because this is this is the worst track record for America. 
of all time. There's nobody. Is he delusional or is he surrounded by people who who are taking the country in a completely different direction? Okay. Jimmy Carter did the same thing, but he didn't do it as quickly. So Biden has, has brought the country to a bad place in a year. Carter took him two years. Carter had a staff. Biden has a staff. Trump had a staff. And believe me, if you went in and told Trump that he was screwing up, you weren't going to be there long. Mm-hmm. Okay? Same thing with Biden. I mean, if you go in and, and say, you know, Mr. President, with all due respect, I think we should probably tell the world that we miscalculated both inflation and Afghanistan. But even though Afghanistan, we can't do anything about inflation, we're going to we're going to get down. And here are five things that we're going to do um, that you can go out and say. Now, would Biden fire the person? Mm, probably. And, and it would be Jill Biden who does it, as I have been telling my uh, audience on the radio and on BillOReilly.com, the No Spin News, Jill Biden is the White House whisperer. And last week you saw her for the first time go out mm-hmm. and talk about policy. Yeah, what was talk that about? about? What was that about? That was about, she, she gave a speech to the community college people in Virginia, no, D.C., and she said, well, we're not going to get free community college, and it's a shame uh, both Joe and I think it's a tragedy, blah, blah, blah. She had never really talked policy before, but I know that she is the whisperer in the White House, far more powerful than uh, Ron Klain and Susan Rice and the others. And, you know, Joe, I don't think has the acumen, with all due respect to her uh, Ph.D. in education, to run the country, but I think Jill Biden has more influence than anyone else on Joe Biden. So you're a history buff. You know Edith Wilson, Woodrow Wilson's wife. Do you think it's that kind of situation and could get that bad where she really was the president? Yeah. Well, I've partied with uh, Edith Wilson. Um, <laughs> what, in your 50s? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, uh, you see, at the time... Woodrow Wilson had a stroke and became incapacitated. It was almost over for that administration. And the, what happened in the country after world war one was that the president basically sat back and didn't do much here. We're right in the middle. Um, not in the middle, we're right at the beginning of the Biden administration. I compare Jill Biden to Nancy Reagan. I think that's a better comparison because Nancy Reagan, once Ronald Reagan was shot. And as you know, Beckett, you read my book, Killing Reagan, very Mm -hmm. closely. Nancy Reagan emerged as the most powerful person in the White House because you could not see Ronnie. Couldn't see him, couldn't talk to him. And that includes his top advisors, unless Nancy signed off on it. Now, Nancy had no interest in public policy. And, and did not get involved other than the drug just say no thing. But Jill Biden apparently does. And she's a very liberal woman. Very, very liberal woman. Yeah. I, um, you know, I will tell you that um, this is why I like uh, Ron DeSantis so much. Uh, his wife is makes him look like a flaming liberal. <laughs> his wife is yeah, I don't know. very conservative. Right now. Yeah. I'm she's... And I mean, coming yeah. from New York to Florida, two different countries. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, it, it is absolutely incredible. Um, the life I live in New York and then I get on a plane and I'm down here in Florida and it's totally different in every way. Yeah. Better in Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know DeSantis's wife. I have not partied with her as I did with Edith. Yeah. No, but I, I will tell you that, um, I've heard that from multiple people that she, you know, I think she's Cuban, isn't she? Uh, you know, or Cuban descent, and she is uh, very conservative, and it is the wife that you really need to watch. Um, yeah, because they a wield a lot of power. Stuff. Yeah, a lot not of power. Stuff. All right, back in just a second with more Bill O'Reilly. First, let me take sixty seconds, and we'll come right back to Bill. Let me tell you about Relief Factor. When was the last time you felt really good? When you could just hop out of bed, you felt like a million bucks, ready for whatever the day brought you. If it's been a while, I can relate. Uh, At least I could. I used to be able to when I had regular awful pain. I had dinner last night with a dear friend, and uh, he said to me, boy, I can relate to the way you used to be. He said, I'm just in pain all the time, yada, yada. And I said, you try Relief Factor? Because that's what got me out of pain, Relief Factor. Try their three-week quick start. Developed just for you, $19.95. It's a dollar a day. It's a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered this trial pack from Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. That's pretty amazing, and I like the fact that they're just up front on that. Look, it's probably not going to work. You know, It won't work for everybody, and it may not work for about 30% of the people, but 70% ordering month after month, that's a pretty good batting average. Can you get out of pain? Without, you know, prescription drugs and everything else, can you get your life back? Please just try it. The Relief Factor at relieffactor.com. $19.95 for the trial pack. Take it three times a day for three weeks. If you see no results, probably not going to work for you. Call 800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. 800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. 10 seconds. Station ID. So, Bill, how bad you've lived through this before, I've lived through this before, this inflation number, a lot of Americans, especially younger, if you if you weren't aware in the 1970s, you have no idea what's coming your way. Uh, And if it's seven point five percent now, that's a year average. You start dropping these, you know, months off that were pretty good, uh, you you know, in relation to what we're going through now, we're, we're at least officially probably at what ten this month. Well, there's a Pew study out this week. It says seven in ten Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. I don't believe that. I think it's probably about fifty. But even if it is fifty, um, now you have uh, more money going out than you anticipated. And if you don't have any backup, any savings, as you know, this study demonstrates, you're sinking deeper and deeper into the morass. And this is what is going to kill the Democrat Party and the progressive movement. So put Biden aside. He doesn't know economics. He's going to, you know, just spout his gibberish. Yeah, right. He's not going to solve the problem. 
Um, I don't know what his economic team has in mind because Biden can't articulate it. But people vote their wallet. They always have. They always will. Yeah, they'll watch cable, some of them, and they'll get mad about crack pipes being distributed, which isn't true, by the way. No, it was. Um, Yes, it was, Bill. Yes, it was. They've changed it it now. Yes, they pulled it back. Right. Um, But anyway... This is going to sink. So I, I'm telling my uh, listeners and viewers, in every crossroads in life, in every painful situation, certainly inflation is painful, people don't have a lot of money. Of course it is. It's necessary to what they call, it's a cliche, course correct. So the biggest threat to our country now is the progressive movement. You would agree with that, right? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. The only way to destroy the progressive movement, because the media is embedded in it, media is not going to do it, is for the people to experience personal pain, which they are. And even if they don't like Trump or the Republicans or Mitch McConnell or all of that, they're going to say, I've had it. So I want these people out. Uh, And I don't want to hear any more progressive stuff. And that, I believe, is what is going to happen in November and beyond. I think if the pain gets too acute, however, then progressive policies of we'll take care of everybody and put them on the dole. You don't think so? That's what happened in the Great Depression. No, because people and you see it with COVID. That's the big indicator. Most Americans do not want the government telling them what to do. There is a segment that wants government handouts and doesn't mind being dependent on pinheads in Washington, but it is not a large segment. And so, you know, I'm a pretty good evaluator of this country and people are watching this COVID thing. You got to wear a mask. You got to get vaxxed. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do the twist on Tuesday. You know, all of that. They don't like this. And if a country like Canada, which is way left in America, can devolve into chaos, which it has, Americans don't want big nanny state. And so the progressives can say all day long, we're going to give you, give you, give you. But I'm telling you, there's a wipe out coming. So do you think they can turn this around? I mean, I don't think that it was all of a sudden no. they saw the numbers and were like, oh, my gosh, COVID, we, we can take the masks off. I think this was seeing poll numbers that made the, a lot of the Democrats turn on a dime this week. Too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Um, you know, and Biden cannot turn it around. I know you're not a big sports guy, but I am. And if you have an aging athlete in baseball who can't hit the fastball anymore, okay, just can't hit it, it they throw it by him. It's not like he can do anything to reverse that. So you have a president who cannot absorb complicated situations. He can't. So how are you going to ever turn it around? How? You won't. You've got a huge machine that is trying desperately. I I can't believe they can do it, but... You know, I, I just don't think I think inflation is going to get worse and worse and yep. worse. 
and the Federal Reserve is out of bullets. And if they if they start raising interest rates, that's only going to hurt the people even more. Uh, And, uh, you know, that'll only make the government have to pay more interest on our debt. I mean, I just (laughs) there's there's no way out of the economic pain that. The Fed knows that, and the Fed is independent of the Biden administration, so they're not, they'll raise it a little bit. Yeah. But what is the real threat to the progressive Democratic Party is that the incompetence is going to rise back. Yeah. Bill O'Reilly from, really? from BillOReilly.com. Check out his website. Check out his news report. He's there every night telling you what's going on. Bill O'Reilly and BillOReilly.com. Thanks, Bill. Talk to you again next week. The Glenn Beck Program. Somewhere on the wall, you know, in the Built Bar factory, I guess, I'd like to imagine there's a framed picture hanging right there on the wall of the guy who had to sell his soul to get Built Bars to be both delicious and good for you. And every day, I pay my respects to that man by eating as many Built Bars as I can. I mean, he gave his soul. Shouldn't I just at least thank him? I don't know how they make them. They're so incredibly good. They're low in calorie, low carb, high protein, high fiber. You'd expect a protein bar to be, I don't know, bad. This is this is like a candy bar. And if you haven't had their puffs yet, oh my gosh, are you missing out. Puffs are the first protein-infused marshmallows. They are fluffy and delightful. Like all chocolate or all uh, Built Bars, they're covered in 100% chocolate. It's just great. Try them now at Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15. Get 15% off your order now. Use promo code BEC15 at Built.com. Don't forget, the audiobook is out right now of The Great Reset. Download it, Amazon, Audible, today. The host of You're Welcome, author of the Anarchist Handbook, Michael Malice joins us for a look at uh, what he thinks are the big stories of the week. Um, I just talked to Bill O'Reilly. Um, and we were talking a little bit about uh, inflation, and I want to talk to you about that, uh, Michael. But I, I'd like to start with the trucker thing. These guys are being called anarchists, and uh, I don't know if that fits the definite. But you are the guy who wrote the book on anarchy, so are they anarchists? Um, let me choose my words very carefully. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. If you are in a Canadian winter and the police come and steal your firewood, the anarchist response isn't smiling and nodding. (laughs) And uh, in all seriousness, you know, there's few people who uh, condemn the police more than I do. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of the point I was making. How much money would Justin Trudeau have to pay someone to take firewood away from a working parent who is peacefully protesting the policies of the government. This is something so beyond acceptable behavior and something so despicable and reprehensible. Every single person listening to this, if you saw someone shivering in the cold, who's a dad 
who has a job, you would want to offer them warmth. You would not want to take it away. That it, you would do that to a dog. This is basic human decency. And it also, I think, is very helpful for the government to have to show its hand. Because for a long time, we all thought that, you know, they wouldn't do something like this. And now that they're being forced to, we're seeing, yeah, yeah, they would. There's no line they won't cross. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you saw the um, police officer who quit. And I wish there were more, but there was only one that quit yep. and said, look, I, I don't believe in what we do anymore. I've always thought that if push comes to shove, we would do the right thing. And I'm sorry, but taking firewood from people is not the right thing. We're on the wrong side and I can't do it anymore. There was only one guy that said that. And, to, and I would also make the other point. If you are comfortable taking firewood away from these truckers in the Canadian winter, if the orders were given for you to, God forbid, draw on them, you would follow that order. There's no moral difference between one and the other. It's just messier and quicker. So I think it's just absolutely, and this here's the other thing, Glenn, if it wasn't for social media showing those footage, yeah, you'd, you'd, we'd all be told this yep. is a widely discredited conspiracy theory mm-hmm. being pushed by far right extremist websites mm-hmm. that they would never do this. The only people they're taking firewood from are Nazis. Uh, the only reason these Nazis hate Trudeau is because he's black. So this is what the story we told and people believe it. People will believe that all the truckers from Canada voted for Trump. They, they could say these kinds of things with a straight face and enough of their audience would smile and nod. It is. It's remarkable. And you don't know who to believe um, because you want to be fair, uh, you know, and I don't see the evidence. But there's Canadians that are just watching the CBC. They're just they're watching the government news. And our ours is just as bad. I mean, our news is in with the government. Our social media tech companies are in with the government. So it's really hard to be fair because you 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 can see some things, but you don't. There's nobody there that you feel like, okay, I can trust this person to tell me really what's going on. I think our news is better because, first of all, Canada has an enormous amount of subsidy of their news uh, in their budget. Mm-hmm. And this was something that was part of Build Back Better, which, thank God, was shot down in the same way that if any of these airlines discriminate against progressives, you know, Mitch McConnell would be on the phone with them and fill up their budget shortfall in five minutes. Um, they were trying to push this through because many of these propaganda outlets are failing. Because people right. are sick of hearing the same stupid song over and over and over. How many years do you have to hear Sheldon say Bazinga? It's the same thing. Racism, climate change, racism, climate change. We get it. Everyone you don't like is a racist or against climate change. So that does not do well for business. I think CNN was down 90%. Now, in a market, that would mean these organizations go out of business. But the Democrats came in and tried to have taxpayers subsidize their propaganda, and it failed. So thank God for that. And one more thing. As sanctimonious and horrible as American newscasters are, which includes many of our former colleagues and current colleagues, mm-hmm. they're much worse in Canada. If you look at them on social media, they really are just the most mediocre and yet sanctimonious people. I'm sure you saw that clip of that reporter 
talking to one of those trucking dads, threatening his son on behalf of the government. It was And then he complained that the trucker told him to go F yourself after the guy asked him, is your kid in danger? Let me ask you, um, let me ask you about another story that I think is massive this week, and that is Joe Rogan. Your thoughts on what's happening with Joe Rogan? Well, I, I was the one where that kind of story broke because I saw or someone said to me, excuse me, that two of my episodes got pulled. This forced the left. Don't worry, people. Um, and I, of course, support Joe. I support my friend. Yeah. Um, you know, there was this hit piece, hit reel that went around of him using the N-word, and he pulled all those episodes. The episode of mine that he pulled, he was discussing how someone got fired for saying, you should say this word at work. So it was completely lacking context. And here's the thing, Glenn, it's been about a week later. This, this, uh, this coordinated attack failed. Uh, he hasn't done canceled. People are still doing his show. I don't think his numbers went down. It kind of went away. And this is something that should offer us hope because people are tripping over themselves online to show their support for him. And I, I don't think that this kind of uh, um, campaign worked. Do you disagree? Um, well, they're not done. They will continue to chip away and chip away. But I do. I will tell you this. Um, I think it actually made Joe Rogan maybe perhaps more popular um, it made the mainstream media look really bad. Like they had no idea what the common man was, who he even was. Um, and I think that people have had enough. So even if they don't know necessarily who Joe Rogan is, except, you know, obliquely they've run across a couple of his clips or whatever. Um, I think people are so sick of the cancel culture. And as you said, you're a racist or you're against global warming or whatever, a conspiracy theorist, that they're done with it. I think this could be the the beginning of the average person just saying, go to hell. I don't care what you say anymore. Yeah. And the thing is, when you have a podcast, as you know, there's Rogan's podcast is three hours. If you listen to someone talk with, their guests for three hours and have those conversations, you get a sense to know them. Yeah. So after it's very, very hard if you're listening to someone for three hours a day for years, or even just once a week to be persuaded. This is someone that you know that they're not just based on a bunch of clips thrown together. Mm -hmm. It's honestly, and it's also transparent of what's what they're trying to do as well. It's why it's why the left doesn't want you listening to long form podcasts or, or right. radio shows. I mean, my agent said to me the first time I ever talked to him, he said, I got to check you out. I'll call you. And I said, you mean there's a there's a chance you won't take 10 percent of my money? And he said, no. He said, uh, you can't do talk radio three hours, five days a week. If you're not who you say you are, the audience yeah. will smell it in a second and you'll be done. And I don't want to be I don't want to be a part of that. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Right. And there's such a big difference between discussing an issue or a group of issues over three hours and soundbite culture. You know, for a long time, the corporate press had, were wringing their hands. Oh, our views are so nuanced. You know how Jim Carrey, Jim yeah. Carrey was against the word for you. Oh, his, his views are nuanced. And they're like, you know, we don't, there's no problem for politics. So then you have someone has three hour conversation where you could really get into the nuts and bolts. And then it's like, oh, 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 not like that. Let's bring it back to CNN. Right. And the thing, how corporate media works is they will present an issue, which apparently we're supposed to have an opinion about. 
and then to simultaneously give you what your opinion should be. So it allows marginally intelligent, highly educated people to feel smarter than they are because they just learned about this issue and now they have a perspective that was spoon-fed to them. So it's a very different paradigm uh, than the podcasts, which are long-form and who knows where the conversation is going to go. So there's a lot of young people, and you might be best at answering this, Michael. There's a lot of young people that, you know, are they buy into some of the Marxist bullcrap of the bourgeoisie and everything else. Um, and they've always looked for the little guy, the worker to rise up against the machine in the West. The machine has been both good and bad for workers. Um, but generally speaking, people have, you know, their car and their TV and their life and they're, they're okay with it. They're fine. And they're not rising up against the machine. And so they knew that was the failure. Now it, all of these leaders are the big money elites and they're in with corporations. They are the government and everything else. They've become the bourgeoisie. Um, and they're, and they're stomping on the truck driver. When does the average person wake up to that and going, wait a minute, uh, we've become everything we despise? I don't think the average person is capable of waking up. Um, the average person is just going to be ballast. And if they're in Iran, they'd be very, you know, they'd be marginally jihadi uh, in certain areas in America, in the rural area, they're going to be red in the cities. They're going to be hardcore pro mask. So they're really not in a position to wake up. What matters in my view is the people who are opinion makers who are waking up, who are realizing how the game is played. That what's brilliant about these truckers is that if you said five years ago that there might be some kind of false flag operation, that they're going to plant like racist iconography in order to discredit you, everyone would think you're a complete tin hat lunatic. And now it's a given that the government is, the Canadian government is going to try to pull stuff like this. It's a given now that they are going to try to provoke the truckers into violence in order to um, have an excuse to clamp down on them with authoritarianism. The amount of people on social media of who are uh, elites who are asking for absolute violence against these truckers, none of them are getting suspended from Twitter, of course, but they're all demanding that these people get their tires slashed, that they get arrested. It is beyond because they're losing their grip on power and they're losing their control of the conversation. They cannot abide the concept of defiance because if you successfully defy them once, you could do it as much as you want. And then they're really SOL because mm-hmm. they do not have the ability to persuade. These are not charismatic people or elites. Great, great perspective. Michael, yeah. thank you so much. Michael Malice oh, he is the uh, host of Your Welcome. You can follow him on his website, michaelmalice.com, or on Twitter at Michael Malice. Is, uh, his uh, uh, book, The Anarchist Handbook, you know, I don't believe in anarchy. He obviously does. Um, however, there's a lot that we can agree on. It's strange. It's a time for very strange bedfellows. And uh, I love Michael. He's really, really funny and very smart. Back in just a second. Rough Greens. Melanie wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. She said, I was really skeptical about trying Rough Greens. I was sure my dog wouldn't eat it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, She said, boy, was I wrong. My dog loves Rough Greens. And now he only eats the food I put Rough Greens on. And he has so much more energy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Melanie, thank you for listening and writing in. Uh, trying out rough greens for your dog, uh, you know, I get it. 
Oh, my dog's not going to eat it. Uno didn't eat anything unless, and I mean this, sometimes we had to hand feed him. And I'm like, what is this dog? Royalty? What? It's there. It's in a nice bowl. Eat it. Oh, he didn't. Uh, now he just licks the bowl clean. We're still feeding him his regular dog food, but we're putting on top the supplement, Rough Greens. And it has everything his body needs. It has probiotics and everything. We have... We have not only seen a difference in his health and his activity, we have seen a difference in just the way he eats. And that, I told Dr. Black when I first met him, if you could just get my dog to eat, that's a miracle. Roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F, greens.com. They're going to give you the first bag free. All you have to do is pay for shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com slash Beck, 833-GLEN-33, 833-GLEN-33, or R-U-F-F, greens.com slash Beck. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glenbeck.com. It is amazing uh, what is being said about the truckers in Canada. Truly remarkable. Uh, the Biden administration yesterday called the Trudeau administration and said, send in the troops. Uh, you got to take them out by force if you have to. Uh, a CNN analysis, former DHS official for the Obama administration, said, slash the tires, empty gas tanks, arrest the drivers and move the trucks. You have to you have to end this. You have to send a strong message. She then said. Uh, don't worry, I won't run out of ways to make this hurt. Cancel their insurance, suspend their driver's license, prohibit any future regulatory certification for truckers, etc. Have we learned nothing? These things fester when there are no consequences. And that's that's the big thing that they're really hitting. There's got to be consequences for these people. Just just so you know, um, you know, they all of these people supported BLM and there were no consequences. They were bailing these people out. You want to know why crime is so high? Well, that would be one of them. And and by the way, this uh, this is they are not alone. The big government uh, jackbooted thugs are all for not only hurting the truckers, but now uh, give, send, go. They are now saying that Give, Send, Go is a terrorist organization and they should be investigated and they should be shut down because people are giving money to Give, Send, Go from all over the world and they're going to actually give it to the truckers. An Ottawa court uh, yesterday said, you can't do that. We're banning you from helping these truckers at all. Give, Send, Go said, we're not under your jurisdiction. Go pound sand. We have the founder of Give, Send, Go on with us to talk about what's going on with Canada and what jackbooted thugs seem to be threatening them with right after the top of the hour. Stand by. This is the Glenn Beck Program.